Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. We've got Chuck Sorois with us here today from Ignite Cyber. Talk about all sorts of interesting things that he's doing in the cyber realm. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Great we'd to love be. to. We'd love to hear a little bit about you, um, who you are, what you do, why you do it. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, ha happy Friday for, for those of us on a Friday. I don't know. This is recording, so uh, <laughs> let anybody hear this you know, on a Friday. But pretend it's Friday, everybody. It's happy for me, so share the excitement. Um, I'm over here in Nashville, Tennessee. I um, um, basically, uh, I try to focus on, you know, basically uh, cybersecurity is my, my interest. And really what I'm after is, is the next set of AR sunglasses. So my <laughs> particular focus and what I do is all driving towards augmented reality sunglasses at this point. And I think if I can see that, then I'll reach some, some goals. But my name is Chuck Sorois. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a cybersecurity guy. So good to meet everybody on a Friday. Well, very good. Very good. And so uh, um, I understand uh, going way back in your past, we'll start there, that you are a U.S. Navy veteran? Yes. Well, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I started off as a Navy veteran in, in aviation, of all things. And then um, I wanted to get out and do something. So I come from a very poor background and basically to get ahead, right? I couldn't be a doctor. So I went in the Navy. <laughs> I guess that's logically how you do that, right? <laughs> be a doctor, go in the Navy. Okay, so that's what I did. And then I went to college and things were, you know, it was the 90s. It was pretty boring. Cybersecurity was, was a thing, sort of. It was just kind of a baby. There were some people doing it, but generally you were an IT guy or you were something else. There was no security right. um, kind of profession. Um, and so I think I kind of jumped in when that started to pick up to have a reason to kind of attack. It started to become profitable. People started using the internet and, um, you know, people started getting attacked. And so that's where I started. And then that brought me into sort of um, uh, the cybersecurity world where I started building tools. Um, I found that was my focus to, uh, it was something that people weren't really doing at the time. Um, and that helped me solve some, some problems, right? Because I knew how everything worked and I could, I could build the stuff to, to break it. Then I truly knew the, the inner working details. So in order to be a cybersecurity expert, you had to, you had to know everything. And so that was, that was very mentally stimulating for me. And that drove me off into the cybersecurity world. And I built some tools. And then um, I was solving problems for one particular company that I worked at in Boston. I started my career in Boston and, and New York City. Uh, so if I talk a little fast and I don't have a, a Southern draw, it's probably why. Oh, I'm originally from just North of New York, so I can translate. Don't worry. Oh, there you go. There you <laughs> go. So you'll, be just, you'll, you'll keep up just fine. Right. But, um, you know, just basically being in the field at that time was, was awesome. And, and being hungry uh, was, was awesome. And not having the tools. And it was just a new world that was opening up. And so just wanting to do more in that area. So I was helping one particular company solve their cybersecurity and IT-based problems. Um, like I said, cybersecurity really wasn't even a, a, a full-time function. It was like, hey, Chuck, go go write some scripts and take care of this, you know, patching or whatever. Right. And, and that's what it was. 
Um, and then that, that really grew very, very fast because I was solving problems for that one company. And I, there was some gaps in there. Like I'd solve a problem, then there'd be another business challenge and I'd help them solve that. We'd write and stuff. And um, so it was kind of off and on. Then um, I, I was picking solutions to do those things. And one of those vendors said to me, he says, you know, you're really good at picking these solutions and plugging it in. Why don't you go do this? You know, you look pretty bored. This looks really easy for you. Go do it for a whole bunch of companies. Uh-huh. My eyes to be, you know, working with different vendors. And that got me into a position to where I could launch technology, right? So I could take new technology, bring it to market and make a difference. Um, so to me, I was able to talk to many different companies. They were customers, right? To these, to these companies. To me, it was just things to do, right? I had mm-hmm. all these problems I could now solve. And that took me into, um, you know, all the areas of Boston, New York City, all the big business there needed help at that time. Um, and then, of course, the federal government, there was, there was 9-11. Um, and then we had, you know, uh, big cybersecurity events uh, and drivers, a lot of them, you know, nation state driven. So that got me into the federal stuff, the federal territory, and mm-hmm. eventually um, helping the federal government um, fight nation state adversaries in real time. You know, I suddenly found myself in the basement of a three letter agency going, what is this? Yeah. We need to stop that. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, we shouldn't be doing that. And um, those kinds of things. Um, and so one of them was the OPM breach in 2015, the big, biggest breach at the time. Right. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. And that got me to do even more and so I found that I could um, build some things that were helpful in helping these companies. And one of them uh, is really focused around SMB largely because that's where a lot of the problem is. And so I see where SMB and, and enterprise has the same kind of issues. It's just kind of presented differently and there's more people to deal with it in different ways. But largely if you're a one person shop and you're doing the, the money machine thing, it's mm-hmm. larger the same as, as IBM. It's just managed and probably less accurate. But um, so we get into this big technology uh, kind of quorum where we're stuck with, with this uh, innovation problem because we can't innovate because uh, fast. I can't get my AR glasses yet because the security's not there, right? There's, there's the capabilities there, but to implement it's just not going to be stable, not going to be secured, lots of things preventing. So to streamline that adoption process and help SMBs and enterprises the same, I, I found two specific areas where we're all weak, all related to people, right? So first of all, we know we don't have enough. If we had armies of people, that would help. When I did the OPM breach, they had 17 people and $27 million in products. And, and there's just breaches all over the place. It didn't help mm-hmm. them. It didn't work. So what was missing and what is missing at these companies that are getting ransomware today? The big ones. Is anybody going to jail? Is somebody not doing something? You know, are they in front of the Senate going, we didn't do these basic things? No, they said, we're not sure. They pointed fingers. You know, um, I'm actually mentioned in one of those Senate reports for, for OPM. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like you don't want to be the one that, click the fish, right? You don't want to be that one. You, uh, you don't want to be the one that said, don't do this or don't do that. And that's what caused it. So there's two, two big areas, uh, all related to people. The first one is basic security. It, 
we're not the these these adversaries are not coming after zero days those are really hard nation states are doing that uh, and specific attacks those are really hard to fight um but it's so much easier to buy a fishing kit for 80 dollars on the dark web uh there was last year at this time there was over 700 new fishing kit servers created like just in one month uh and it's been happening ever since it's taken off wildly with ransomware and we're not able to defend against it. These companies, big, small, wherever, they're focused on the big ones, of course, uh, because they haven't fixed the problem yet and they can pay. Um, if you're a little company and you can pay, you're, you're a huge target. The only way you're not a target is if you're doing bad, right? You don't have any money. Great. Um, but we can see the security controls from the outside too. The bad guys have a way of actually, you know, mapping your external uh, attack surface area because they don't want to attack targets that are hardened. It's mm. not beneficial. So the actual fishing kits are designed to help you find these softened targets. Mm -hmm. And it turns out 90% of the world is a softened target right now because they don't have basic security settings to prevent phishing. And then- well, Yeah, and, 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 and I know uh, it's one of the things that uh, the, the government has been talking about, like uh, as far as like this Russia-Ukraine situation that's going on, it's like, well, how can companies be more secure and, and try to prevent that? And just to touch on what you just said there, that, that they're, they're basically saying, well, make sure you're doing the things that you should already be doing. And, and, and yeah. sometimes I, I feel a little sad hearing that sort of advice because it's like we shouldn't wait until that there is a, a, an incident, of a, a change in threat, uh, the, the threat environment in order to be doing the right thing. So um, but anyway. Actually, that's a really good point because you won't see, if you look in the guidelines for the U.S. government, it's a little irritating because they don't mention phishing at all and things like really that, so yeah they, they it's very very rare there's a reason why they don't because they mandate that you have to have the basic phishing protections turned on so it's not an issue for them so if you do it's called bod 1801 mm -hmm. it was you know it's 1801 because in 2018 was when it hit um, but it's a binding operational directive for anybody who does business with the federal government. If you have any kind of intelligence related to the federal government, you, you sold them something, you have that record of transaction, it's a security software, then you should be following this operational directive. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you are, it's a different story. You should be because if they figure it out, and that's the reason, you'll be liable somehow or whatever. But this BOD-1801 says to do these basic protections, DMARC, SPF, DKIM. It tells you how to do it. And it says you have to have this by this certain time or we can't email with you. Right? And, how, you and, how does, and how does that fold into CMMC? Is it, is it referenced by? Is it CMMC looks at that stuff and goes, oh, mm -hmm. this is what the federal government mandates. But they didn't really focus on these operational directives. They just focus on the guidelines, which are uh. specific. So we all have this problem where no, if you, you go look you go look up your DMARC right now, any company, I had to do this with RSA last year at this time. I said, RSA, um, they're a partner of mine and they, allow, they haven't stopped me from talking about them, but they didn't have their phishing controls turned on. So at one of my phishing tests was to attack you as RSA admin at rsa.com, fish you and say, here's a security update for your security software. That was mm -hmm. one of my pen tests and it worked amazingly because because rsa.com doesn't ha didn't have a dmark at the time so i can impersonate no. them so I'm like and i could see that i can impersonate them 
And who's not an RSA customer, right? How can you not, right. you can figure out who the RSA customers are. And so you can just go and attack them. And so that's how the pipeline gets taken. And that's, you know, that's how the, the meat company gets taken down. You know, it's through your, you, the people you trust because nobody, nobody's going to click a fish that looks funky. You click a fish you trust from mm -hmm. somebody you do business with. And the only way you get tricked into clicking that is if your basic systems don't work. So there's a big problem with the basic systems. We're trying to train the end user to be a security device. It's really, really odd to me. I, like, how have we come into an industry where we put like uh, email servers on the web, first of all, exchange servers on the web, who's doing that? Or RDP on the web, like, hey, they were hit and they were hit by RDP. Nobody has RDP on the web, they can't get in that way. That's not how you get in. Mm -hmm. get in through a fish and they launch ransomware or drive by or whatever so we have that we all we all have all this great security in our homes you know our so to speak businesses but we're like we're missing a wall <laughs> but the locks work great our, our because you know like the pipeline had proof point right great tool does exactly what it's supposed to do protects you from these these an anomalous emails and weird things but it still doesn't do dmark spf and dkim Right? right it doesn't do that it's not it's not a basic function it's an advanced you know it'll detect and protect you if somebody throws ransomware through your inbox but if they throw you a link that's brand new with no reputation and looks like a vendor and you know you didn't kick it out because it was fraud so anyway there's that level of problem for smbs where they can't see that they have this basic problem with phishing that's huge we got to get that that out so i built a free tool um the other big piece of this is once you get your basics down you have to have operational visibility you have to have um uh, security intelligence that comes in you have to know which everything you can possibly know to be as perfect as you can to defend. Now, not all of us in SMB can reach that security model, but we can get really, really close if we pick the right tools and technology, you know, that enable our people. So the wrong thing to do is to get a new technology that our people can't use. They become frustrated. We have high turnover in a place where we can't afford turnover, right? So we have to have tools that primarily focus on enabling our people to feel good about their job, feel confident, and, you know, instead of, um, you know, going to work and having a stress and they're going to work and they're enjoying. So if you don't have the basics as a cybersecurity expert, when you go to work, it's like getting on a train where there's no engine or there's pieces missing. The basics just aren't there. And it's no fun to be on that train. And, and, no and, and you're not expected when you're on the train to be to be a mechanic or a, a train engineer or anything like that. We're Make this run. Yeah, in, in security, we're almost expecting folks to, to, to not only um, use the tool right, but understand all, everything behind it. And I think sometimes you kind of touched on that a little bit where, you, where, where we seem to sometimes be placing too much emphasis or too much expectation upon the end users as opposed but then again sometimes we tend to put too much expectation on tools i, I think that there's a there's a nice mix between the two but you mentioned a, a free tool and i know that you're working on uh, i don't think that it's all free um but uh, but I, i'd like to hear a little bit more about that yeah so that's the, that's the big problem that i could i figured out how to how to kind of give visibility to um, as I was working with the federal government through BOD 1801, um, I noticed that I could, you know, I could get an email from anybody as anybody to anywhere. And it was really scary because, you know, me as a security practitioner, 
email was the most boring thing on the planet. I was like, the last thing I want to think about. Stick me with an IPS and some deep packet inspection and show me this, this OPM breach. And that's what really drove me. And I had just largely ignored the huge problem that they were all attacking. And it took me a really long time to wake up. Um, I was doing a presentation on, on intrusion prevention and they asked me to do a phishing um, presentation. I was so depressed. I said, I really want to talk about phishing. Then I uncovered it. I said, oh my God, uh, because I built a tool that could actually test this. Um, I hadn't realized it, that you can actually turn these controls on in your system and they may not work. So you could think that you have these controls turned on and functioning and it looks good. You follow the documentation, you follow the standards, but the fish still come in. Mm -hmm. And so how do you do that? So as a practitioner, I said, I have, to, I have to attack, I have to figure out the ways that I can attack a business and then I have to try it. And I set that whole environment up and I, and I tried it. And it turns out that those attacks work all the time, <laughs> like incredibly. Um, and it's hard to defend. And that's why these phishing kits work. So there's a tool, um, we, um, it's fishfacts.com uh, with a PH. You can spell with no Fs if you want. Well, we'll, put, we'll put the URL in the notes. So, right. so fishfacts. And on fishfacts, there's a robot that I built that I'm continually building and it's continually learning. And basically, you just put your email in there and it will send you like what I would send to do a test. It send you these emails um, that poke holes or try to go through these openings if they're there. Now these openings, if you, if you did the very, very basics and follow the instructions on G Suite, you know, with Office 365, if you read and you followed the instructions when you set it up, then you would not get any of these emails that are sent to you. It sends you 10 emails. And really you should only get, there's one control test, email one that says, hey, this is a valid email. Let's just make sure you can receive email. And then the other nine are testing, you know, are you checking SPF? Can you get an email from someone who's spoofed? You know, do you check that somebody's record is real when you take an email in? Are you, are you checking that your email is from who it says it is? I mean, these really, really basic things that you should be doing. It just says, here's a fake email. And if you get it, it goes, hey, I'm a fake email. You shouldn't get this. Here's your problem. Now, is, it, is this something that, that anybody can use? And is this something that anybody can use to test other organizations? Or do you have it locked down so that it's only, well, if I want to test like my organization, it'll only send an email to me. So I can't use it as sort of an Intel thing. But yeah. um, is, is, is that something, is this out there though for anybody to, to check to see what their email um, posture is? Yeah, that was a really hard problem to solve because you'll notice that every tool that's out there is also a weapon. Right. Rap 7 is a weapon, you know. <laughs> Cobalt Strike is a weapon, but it's a security tool. So how do you make a security tool that isn't a weapon? Um, so what we did was we made it so that you can only test yourself. So that's you great. send it. You send emails to yourself and only you know. So it's completely private, right? You know if you have a problem because you get an email. So what we do is we've we decided that this should be something that people do daily if you can, if you have a security operations center, and it should be one of your checks. So if you're an enterprise, that's where we have the for pay model where you can subscribe and it'll automate, you know, it'll the robot will assess your environment and tell you if you have holes. Now SMB 
is a bit different because we can do some of these things manually. We have some staff. And as long as we have easy enough and empowering tools, you know, a tool where you can put in your email and if you get the email, it tells you what to do. Um, tools like that, uh, plain English where, you know, it only tells you if you have a problem and you don't have to go read the book and study, you know, a, a day one IT person can run this test and go, I see our problem. Here's our risk. We're scoring an F on SPF, like instantly within three minutes. So it's designed. Um, now the look and feel is really hard to deal with too. How do you do that kind of test and have it like palatable? How do you have a regular, anybody do a penetration test and make sense of it? Uh, that's a whole backend robotic infrastructure to help just make that easy. And what we do is we allow uh, SMBs to come in every month and run a few tests, make sure they're good. It gives them the answers and everything. So uh, if you go to Fish Facts, there's a, a, a menu button there and you click it and you can run a test and it's completely free. Um, we don't do anything with the emails like sell it or anything. Uh, our money is made through the enterprise model who you know sees value in compliance and doing this every day. But SMB, it's, it, sometimes the value isn't there. Sometimes you have 20 users, sometimes you have 100 users and you just need to check once a month. So we wanted okay. it to be easy. So if you're a, if you're a VCISO and you wanna check the, the state of an environment, or um, it's also a great prospecting tool for the VCISO community, right? If you're talking to a company and we say, hey, we think we're good. We don't know if we need your help. Well, let's run a quick test. Just simply put your email in here. That's right. somebody calling right now to run a quick test. No, right? that's, 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 <laughs> probably my, that's probably my uh, Amazon delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Well, uh, listen, we only, we're almost out of time, and, and I think this is great. So this is fishfacts.com, right? And uh, um, so, so you, you've launched this, you're running this. What, what other future plans do you have um, either yeah. in place or that you're just considering right now? Yeah, future, uh, biggest impact possible, um, streamline innovation, getting new things uh, to market as fast as possible so that we can defend ourselves. Right now, of course, the focus is on cyber warfare and making sure that, you know, infrastructure is solid. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm really focused on the phishing and I'm going to keep focusing there. Um, also, data loss prevention would be the next step. So, you know, part of this is protecting the data, making sure it doesn't escape um, so DLP is a big part of the other side of, of this that we can tackle, um, but uh, we're not even there yet. We can't even keep the doors closed from fishing. So fishing first for the next couple of years, then DLP um, and uh, willing to help in any way. If anybody has, you know, anything they, they think is innovating that they want me to, to check out. I always love new stuff um, mm -hmm. and I always have new stuff. <laughs> so keep an eye out. But that's pretty much what I'll be doing. And, uh, you know, anytime you want me to come on, this is, this is also lots of fun. I'll well, Chuck, I, I got to tell you, it's just like, I think, I think that I, I wish we weren't almost out of time, but I, I, we could probably talk for like another hour, hour and a half and, and, and go down other, other venues. So I will probably pick you we'll up on that. everybody to sleep. <laughs> that's why, that's why just a little bit of time, but I'll probably give you a holler back and, and bring you back. Cause this has been absolutely fascinating. So that's fishfacts.com. Go out there, check it out and see if your email is secure or not. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us today and for everybody stay secure.